I knew after two years of thinking. <laughs> thinking, yes. There was a lot of thinking. For me, knowing I was a five took like a conversation with my mom. Mm -hmm. And it was like, what did I do when I was stressed? You went to your room, you were alone. Uh -huh. It was like, sure. I clearly just did the thing the books say. <laughs> I do that, or I did it. I don't know if I do it now in this stage, but I did at that point. And so that's been interesting to think about, like now being a parent, mm -hmm. I can't totally just go to my room. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like I had those habits when I really wanted to connect with other people. So it wasn't as much as I felt like people would deplete me, it's that it didn't work out the way I imagined it mm -hmm. working out. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, I changed my behavior and I have this inner life. It wasn't necessarily as yeah. disciplined in a singular focus the way yours was, but uh, I sure loved like chasing rabbit holes, yeah. whatever it was. Welcome to the Story Enneagram Podcast. I'm Jim Gum, and I'm an Enneagram teacher and coach living in Kansas City. Today, we're going to consider what Bill, whom you heard in the opening, said about how he reacted under stress. You know, some people get busy, some react, and others withdraw. Everybody gets overwhelmed on occasion. We can get worn out from physical labor. We can tire mentally when we're studying for a board exam. We can also experience fatigue when emotions run high. Do you know how you react when you're feeling overwhelmed? What your go-to move is? During Bill's childhood, his go-to move was to withdraw and go to his room. Indeed, that was the insight that led him to identify as a type five. Today, we're going to listen to stories of type fives in conversation. We'll understand why they tend to withdraw and observe and how that strategy has both benefits and limitations. Here's Bill. I can be dispassionate in certain contexts, but often I'm pretty emotional or like charged in the moment with with things and uh i think to to where that plays depends on what environment i am and uh certainly with coworkers at times it depends on what the problem the presenting problem is mm -hmm. and how stressed or how much i feel that there's an intrusion happening mm -hmm. um based on my own i guess fuel gauge i don't think i identified with that language whenever mm -hmm. i read it the first time that like fives have this like reservoir of something mm -hmm. but i guess i do i guess everyone does on some level mm -hmm. um and maybe i'm more sensitive to it bill mentions this concept of everyone having a fuel gauge some people have a physical fuel gauge and they know when their blood sugar is low their irritability can be a clue that hey maybe it's time to get something to eat bill's not talking about physical fuel he's talking about his emotional fuel here's how jeff talked about it you know, I would say that I was, I've always been a person who had a pretty low emotional IQ. But again, I just, I'd never been a person who really understood what I was feeling or why I was feeling. Yeah. I think I have the ability to see things dispassionately, mm -hmm. um, which again is a strength and a weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I just don't get rolled up in emotions about things mm-hmm. as much as other people do. I t- tend to see them very rationally. Type fives are a head type in the head center. When Jeff considers his emotions, he feels less competent. He can't avoid emotional situations any more than the rest of us can. When things get tense, here's what Jeff says that he does. Um, I think my coping mechanism with that is that I never respond in the moment to a situation like that. I will go home, I'll talk it over with my wife, and then I'll come back with a plan on how to respond Mm -hmm. to it the next day. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, I'm like, okay, there's too many emotions involved here, so I'm going to back away. I'm not going to engage in that. I'm going to go home and think it through, Mm -hmm. and then I can come back the next day and... I can have a plan for how to go through the passions or the emotions of the moment. Jeff uses his head center to work through his response. When emotions are running high, he prefers to retreat, regroup, and think it through. I did a training at an advertising firm. Writers and creatives were proposing new ideas and presenting it to their creative director. She was a five, and she said, If you want my feedback... I will never give it to you when I first see it. I'll think about it and I'll come back tomorrow and then I'll tell you what I think. Listen to how Suzanne speaks about her capacity. Being in the front row is like a nightmare for me. Like I hate the feeling of people behind me. hate it. Mm. That's really, that's why I don't go to big crowd events usually. I I don't Mm. like being in a huge crowd. um, Mm. You feel it intensely. Oh, wow. Just Wait, and, and it is over actually overstimulating. Like I feel being at party, like it's just so exhausting to talk a little bit about the depletion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a big thing for me. Like I have so much energy, and I have to give so much for work mm-hmm. and kids, and I, it really it it gets to the bottom, and I really have to be alone. Yeah. For Jeff, the conservation of energy was paramount. He was always aware of his emotional fuel gauge. It showed up in how he ate his lunch every day. Yeah, so, well, I've been doing a better job at this this year. (laughs) But typically, lunchtime for me is the kids leave and I've got 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I could either go down the hall and eat with my Mm co-teachers in the science department. But typically what I usually do is I will shut the lights off and I will sit there in the dark and eat my lunch alone because I just need that time Mm -hmm. to be able to recharge Mm -hmm. to make it through the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Listen to how Suzanne speaks about this. I always feel like, you know, the horses that have the... Yeah, the blinders. That is just... I, I love it when I'm in that zone. But again, the other side that I've had to learn as a mother, as a yeah. wife, I mean, oh my gosh, I can't do that. When we first got married, um, we really had to negotiate because my wife wanted to, I mean, we, we talked about like how many days of the week are we gonna, how many evenings of the week are we gonna be out of the house? And she was like, oh, like four or five. Wow. And I was like, um, <laughs> One? Yeah. 
So we had, we had a, and, and you know, when we would go places, I needed an exit strategy. I needed to know what time are we leaving. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can't tell you how often we've been places and I'm like, mm, we were supposed to leave like five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> come on, let's wrap this up. And I'd be, I'd got, I got to the point where I knew like I had to tell her like 45 minutes before we were leaving so that she could start saying her goodbyes. Oh, man. Jeff's comment reminds me of a story I heard Nina Totenberg share on Fresh Air. My husband leaves without saying goodbye, and I say goodbye without leaving. Fives can get preoccupied with conserving their energy. They can get stuck in their heads. Listen to how Suzanne and Bill describe how they dealt with their emotions when they're feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, I think we put a lot of our emotions into, instead of dealing with them, we throw them into whatever we're obsessed with or whatever Mm -hmm. helps Mm. us be released. Like for me, it was playing violin because Mm -hmm. teenagers have a lot of emotions, but my voice, my my where I put it all was yeah. into an instrument. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, it has all those dynamics. It, it really does. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so, uh, and it's a solitary thing, just like running. Mm-hmm. Like you're, it's just you and it's just you, mm-hmm. which is safe. Very, very, very good place to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Certainly was an instrument for me too. I mm-hmm. mean, just being able to go and play the drums if I was angry mm-hmm. or resenting something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm especially as a small child. Suzanne and Bill both found an outlet with their music. It got them out of their head and into their body. We can understand that type fives often are acutely aware of their emotional capacity. They can be stingy with their time and energy. It's a survival strategy that helps them avoid feeling worn out and depleted. They're some of the most introverted types in the Enneagram. In John Krakauer's 1996 book, Into the Wild, we learn the story of Chris McCandless, who quit communicating with his family, gave away his college fund, and began traveling the West. He eventually made his way to the Alaskan wilderness, where he perished alone after surviving 113 days. His tragic death revealed the moral theme of the book, Experiences are best when shared. Jeff shares an insight related to choosing his own profession. I feel like I've learned like coping strategies for being in front of people, hmm. though. I mean, like my whole career choice was mm-hmm. very intentional because I knew that with my personality type, mm-hmm. like I was graduating from college with an undergraduate degree in biology, and I'm like, I cannot go work in a lab mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. Like that would just be death. Mm. to me. Mm. I decided to be a teacher Mm. where I have to be in front of people all the time. That would be the death of me. Jeff made the counterintuitive move to be with people all day long. He chose to get out of his comfort zone, but he's also aware of how he has to manage his day. Check out this story. I was walking down the hall the other day. I think it was, it was my planning period. So I was walking by another classroom as the class started and just heard a teacher go off on a kid about sitting down in their chair and she was going to count them absent if they weren't sitting down and she wasn't going to change it because they didn't have the ability to sit down in their chair. And I just thought as I walked by, I was like, boy, 
It must be really hard to be her. Jeff next said something I didn't expect. I was thinking he was going to say, it must be really hard to be her, to get so upset during the day. Or, it must be hard to be her, to have such unruly students. This is what Jeff actually said. It must be really hard to be her and care that much about that. I mean, I just, I, I feel like I pretty early figured out as a teacher that if I was going to survive, that I was going to have to separate my emotions from the job and yeah. not, I, I couldn't go home every day all worked up about some kid that was having a bad day. I couldn't let that hang on me. Jeff's a great teacher. He's been at it a long time. He knows himself, and he has to decide where to spend his energy. Check out how Jeff uses this awareness to be a better husband and father. I think understanding my type has helped me engage better mm -hmm. at home. And just knowing that my natural tendency mm -hmm. is I come home from work and I feel emotionally depleted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, what I really want to do is walk through the door and just have alone time. Mm -hmm. But what I know that I need to do for my family is come through the door and be able to emotionally engage in what's going on mm -hmm. in the family. Fives conserve personal resources. They're counting the cost of expending their time, energy, or emotion. But here's the crazy paradox about type five. They may seem cool and aloof, rational, but underneath is a person who's actually very sensitive. They're so sensitive, they're afraid they might just blow a kind of emotional fuse. They limit their input so they don't get overwhelmed. Don't be fooled by the cool exterior. There's so much going on inside. Fives have been called a conduit for the entire universe. They are taking it all in. I hope someday you have a quiet moment with a five. I hope you can see their sensitivity and their internal fire. And I hope you know that their still waters run very, very deep. Thanks for listening to the Story Enneagram podcast today. If you or someone you know is a five and would like to explore your inner motivations and habits, you've come to the right place. Wouldn't it be great to create a safe place where you're known for who you really are? Visit my website at storyenneagram.com. I offer solutions for the workplace and training sessions for businesses, schools, and nonprofits. I also offer personal coaching packages for individuals or couples. Drop me a line and let's explore what the Enneagram can do for you. Please subscribe to the Story Enneagram podcast. Share it with your friends and family. And if you're really feeling it, leave a rating in Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate it. Our music is by Daniel Gum. You can hear his music on Spotify or wherever you get your music. And yes, we do have the same last name. That's it for this episode of the Story Enneagram podcast. Story Enneagram, where learning your type is just the beginning of a whole new story. Story.